Hey there, Ralph Garman here. Thanks so much for checking out this free edition of The Ralph Report. If you like what you hear, do me a favor. Subscribe to The Ralph Report so we can put some fun in your ears five days a week. And you can listen for as little as $3 a month. So subscribe today so you don't miss out on any of the fun. Go to patreon.com slash The Ralph Report and sign up. Welcome to The Ralph Report with Ralph Garman. Well, hello there, boys and girls. Welcome to The Ralph Report. So happy you decided to join us on this Friday. Wow. wow. I love a Friday because that means you and I and Eddie and Steve Ashton, we're all going to walk hand in hand into the weekend. Aww. Arm in arm. Arms link locked. arms. We're going to link arms just like Dorothy, the scarecrow, the tin man, Skip and the cowardly the lion. Skip into the weekend. That's right. You, <laughs> Garmy member, are Dorothy, of course, because you're the hero of the story. Oh, yeah. Me, I like to think of myself as courage. Courage. For the cowardly lion. I'm the cowardly lion. Okay. I talk a lot about courage, right. but I, I have very little myself. Steve Ashton, of course, would be the Tin Man. Oh, yes. Because he has no heart. I see where this is going. And uh, let me see. Let me see who Eddie would be. Toto. Toto the dog. Toto the dog. No, I don't think. I don't see you as Toto. I think Reggie would have to be Toto. (laughs) Who else is on that yellow brick road? I'm trying to think. It'll come to me. I'll I'll figure it out later. Welcome, kids, to February 18th, 2022. It's the year of science. Science! All hell science. <laughs> oh, man. That's like four out of five days. No, it was bad this week. But I was actually in my head going, you know what? The Garmy would miss me most of all. Because that's what Dorothy says yes, at the end. That's of what I was saying movie. in my head. Here's, here's my suggestion for you. This is just a tip. <laughs> Take it or leave it. But as a professional who's done this kind of thing for a number of years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Less conversations with yourself in your head. There's a lot going on up here. More, uh... More focusing maybe on the game. There's a lot of debate going you're on. You're on the field. You don't want to, uh, you know. I'm very cerebral in my wanna, approach to everything. You don't want a uh, line drive getting past you because you're busy looking at the laces of your cleats. That's all I'm saying. Next week will be better. Yeah, we'll yeah, see. I'll, next week will be better. <sighs> anyway, me? <laughs> it's right to give uh, science text press. Anyway, me, I'm your old podcast pal, Ralph Garman, a.k.a. The Magic Machine. The Magic Machine. Mm. Yeah. Uh. And here in the Batcave with me Mm. is the Rear Admiral himself, the Sheriff of Ghost Town, our own beloved Scarecrow. It's... Holy God. Holy God. Eddie Pence. Hey, everybody. Yo-ho, Eddie. A belated happy birthday to Mrs. Eddie Pence. Tracy, her birthday was yesterday. Yes, it was. And so uh, I neglected to wish her a happy birthday on the show yesterday, but I'm making up for it today. We appreciate it. Nothing better than a day late to wish somebody (laughs) happy birthday. Did you have a good time? We did. Went out to fancy dinner. Festivities uh, abounded. Yeah, fancy dinner. Got her a little, you know, present. It was nice. It was a nice little... What'd you get her? Did you get her a matchbox car? No, I got her a ring and a a A, little necklace. A ring and a necklace? A matching ring and necklace with an amethyst stone, which is her birthstone. Well, all right, Howard Hughes. (laughs) Yeah. I didn't know you were making that kind of coin. I'm not making that kind of coin. It's just you save up and you... 
you can buy, and there was a big sale at uh, Zales, oh. so twenty percent off, I believe it was. I didn't know you had that kind of it's uh, not money a lot. to throw around it's, buying expensive jewelry for your hot blonde wife. I just I just didn't buy a couple action figures this month. May have to renegotiate your contract. I think uh, maybe <laughs> I, I'm making too much. I'm living be, easy. Your, your tax bracket may be too high. All right, kids, you're going to be so glad that you decided to join us on today's program. Because on the counter, you want to know why? The aforementioned Tin Man Steve Ashton is going to be on hand, bringing us the UK update, as well as participating in today's Video Vault segment, Mm. which is going to be fascinating, in my opinion, because we are going to flip the script. Eddie Pence and myself, we're going to take a look at our favorite underappreciated British films, and Steve Ashton has to come up with one from the good old U.S. of A. Oh. So uh, we'll see what everybody's picks are later on in the program. Entertainment news, of course. A lucky member of the Garmy could win some fabulous cash and prizes, cash not included, on today's Garmy game show. And uh, your phone calls so much ahead. I do love these Friday shows, especially because it's a hot fudge Friday. Yeah! I'm Hot Fudge Friday. And of course, it's not just a Hot Fudge Friday here on the Ralph Report. It's also a Sergeant Joe Friday. My name's Friday. I carry a badge. On Friday, we check in with our favorite law enforcement officer, Sergeant Joe Friday, to see how he feels about the topics of the day. Yeah. He always has a lot to say about a lot of different topics. He really does. You know, uh, with the BLM movement and, of course, the uh, George Floyd case, Mm -hmm. there's been a lot of talk about police brutality. Yeah, social injustice. Social injustice over the years. Uh, Sergeant Joe Friday has a take on that as well. I can't wait for this. Yeah. Well, how does he react when confronted (laughs) with the accusation of police brutality (laughs) in the ranks of the LAPD, which has pretty much a a spectacular history of uh, police brutality. If you remember the Rodney King case. Yes. That was uh, that was a hell of a time to be living here in I, L.A. I thank God I wasn't. But when you talk to Sergeant Joe Friday, he doesn't quite see it, maybe, hmm. as, like the way the man in the street sees it. Okay. Police brutality, a coined term that's been worked to death. It's run the gamut from physical brutality to rudeness, and it's a damaging term. People like yourself, Mr. Andrews, you hear the term police brutality used, and you attach some gruesome picture to it. It's a label applied to just about everything a policeman does, and I don't like labels. When the police do something that's objectionable, call it what it is, rudeness, undue force, neglect of duty, or whatever, but not police brutality. It can't be defined. It's just a label that some factions of our society use to destroy public faith in constituted law and authority, the police. Our department has approximately 5,400 policemen. Now, that's about 1.8 policemen for every 1,000 people. We're spread pretty thin. And as long as we hire human beings, we'll have some that get out of line once in a great while. Policemen are supposed to be impartial and professional. But at the same time, let's remember, they're not machines. They're men who have a job to do. They have families to take care of, and they have emotions. You know, it takes a pretty strong man to hold his temper when he's spit on or assaulted. But we expect our officers to do just that, control their tempers. Sometimes they don't, and we have to sit on them. That's right. they got to sit on them. Sit on them. That'll fix those cops. Police rudeness. Give them a lap dance. 
Yeah, that's what most people complain about when it comes to <laughs> interactions with the police that have gone south. Right. He was kind of rude to me. A very rude officer. He was. He put his knee on the back of my neck. Especially with that nightstick. He was rude to me over and over again. <laughs> Repeatedly rude to me. <laughs> Until I was unconscious. He was very rude. <laughs> he continued his rudeness. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm a big uh, supporter of the police. I think they have a remarkably, uh, almost impossibly difficult job <laughs> every day when they go to work. They are dealing with the worst of humanity in the worst case scenarios. Yeah. My father and my grandfather, both in law enforcement. And the vast majority of them do a hell of a job. Yes, I but agree. But there, uh, there are some bad actors in that group. And uh, I, I think it's important that they be called out. And their fellow officers have to also not support or defend them. Right. They have, they've got to uh, bring those people to justice. Well, it should well. be called what it is. Exactly. But not police brutality. <laughs> That's just a phrase that's coined by a certain section Rudeness. of the, certain section of society that wants to undermine our laws. <laughs> oh, I love me some Joe Friday. He's amazing. He's the best. <laughs> uh, before we get into today's program, I want to give you guys a heads up. We will be on vacation on Monday. We are taking Monday off. It is President's Day the long President's Day weekend here in the U.S. So uh, we got Monday off. So I'll be throwing up a flashback episode of the show for you to listen to, and we'll be back with a brand new show on Tuesday. On Tuesday, of course, we will also uh, give you the results of our raffle, where someone, a very lucky person, will very get this lucky. amazing piece of artwork that is Poopy Cotton Balls, <laughs> the worst clown in the world. <laughs> And I wanted to talk to you uh, for a minute about what charity we are going to be raising money for this weekend. I want you to keep an eye out for the Patreon post because, once again, it's time for the Garmy to help their own. You may remember uh, Melissa and Louie from earlier in the week. Melissa asked for us to play uh, The Cure's love song in dedication to her husband, Louie, who has been diagnosed with Stage four lung cancer. Yeah, yeah. A non-smoker, by the way. Oh, and it's God. important to to point out because some people, wrongly in my opinion, if they hear lung cancer, will immediately go to, well, did he smoke? Then he deserved it. No and one first deserves. Of all, no one deserves lung cancer. cancer. And a lot of people smoke and never get it. And yeah. some people, like Louis, uh, never smoked and uh, was stricken Don't with wish this cancer on anybody. Horrible disease. So uh, we played the song, and Melissa and Louie were touched by it and uh, sent me this uh, lovely little note. And I wanted to read it to you because I've decided that uh, we're going we're gonna to help this family out. As I mentioned, they've got a four-year-old son, mm. and uh, Louie is a terminal a patient, and so they got a lot going on. Uh, Melissa wrote, Greetings, Ralph. Thank you so much for taking the time during your podcast to play our song. I did not expect the overwhelming emotion that I would feel hearing you share our story, and I am so grateful. I am sending this email to update you and the rest of the Garmy of my husband, Louis status. Over the weekend, he made the decision to leave the hospital and come home so that he could be in peace and go in his sleep, as he put it, at home. We have set up a GoFundMe, and I would like to ask you if it's possible to share it with the rest of the Garmy. Those that know me know I never really ask for help, but I'm just trying to continue to do everything I can for my husband, especially in his last days with us. Thank you again for everything. And she's enclosed the GoFundMe link here. Sincerely, Melissa Zapita. Oh. Um, for those of you who have ever had to deal with hospice care in the home, 
you know how ridiculously expensive it can be and how much of it is not covered by a, yeah. a great number of medical insurance companies. Yeah. And if you're going to do hospice, really the best way, the reason to do it is so that your loved one can spend time at home. Yeah. I did it for my father when he had brain cancer. We were able to uh, set him up in his own house for his last days. And I know what a brutal process it is and how expensive it can be. And uh, we went through a lot too. So this this certainly resonated with me when I read Melissa's email. So I thought it would be nice for me to uh, post the GoFundMe link and we'll use that as the raffle this weekend for folks who want to donate any amount towards uh, Louis's last days with via that uh, GoFundMe f um, link. Um, I would greatly appreciate it personally and I know the family would as well. And then any any amount will do. And uh, then just let me know what you donated, and we'll uh, enter everybody into the raffle. And then we'll pull somebody out on Tuesday, and we'll give them uh, we'll give them that piece of art. And I know you guys are great in responding to these kind of situations, and I know how much the family will appreciate it. So uh, I'm thanking you in advance. So look for that Patreon blast that I'll send out over the weekend, and I will include the link in there because um, not only you know. Louis care, but that a four-year-old kid is going to oh, lose his dad, you know? Brutal. So, not great. So we'll do what we can. And uh, Melissa, we're sending you love. I, I want you to know that we are all... All the love. All thinking and all caring for you guys. Mm. Speaking of the Garmy members, it's time for us to check in with those lovely folks. We love it when you reach out to us. You can do it any number of ways. Why don't you write me an email? I like to read emails. They're fun. Ralph at the RalphReport.com. <laughs> Eddie, I'm sure, likes his emails, too. Well, I, I haven't liked some of them lately, no. <laughs> Why? Because like, someone took a picture of shit you and sent some, it to me. Yeah. You got some so poopy? No. And then someone asked me, are you still accepting shit photos? And I'm like, no, I'm not. <laughs> the contest is closed, so please do not send any more shit photos. Poopy cotton balls doesn't want any more poop. No, poopy is closed for business. Uh, Eddie at the RalphReport.com and Steve at the RalphReport.com. You can find us all on social media as well, or you can do what a lot of folks like to do, which is leave a voicemail message on the Ralph Report hotline. 24 hours a day, seven days a week, it's available to you. All you got to do is dial up that number, one 833 Hi, Ralph. So simple. You leave your messages, your thoughts, your feelings, your questions, your comments. I listen to them all, and then I grab a couple, and we put them here in a segment known as Garmy on the Line. The telephone is ringing. The Garmy's on the line. Ralph's gonna play your calls now. Let's see what's on your mind. The Ralph Report Hotline is brought to you by our good friends at Dickie LaRue and Dickie LaRue's Nut House. <laughs> Excuse me, Nut Loaf House. <laughs> the Ralph Report is brought to you by listeners like you and Dickie LaRue's Nut Loaf Houses. We've got something cooking in the back. See what comes out. <laughs> Go check it out for yourself. Gross. Available uh, everywhere around uh, the great United States. You didn't blub, blub, blow. Oh, I forgot to blub, so blub, blow. So someone's going to complain. Oh, uh, you know what? I had an ass full. I've had an ass full of these people lately. <laughs> because we're going to kick things off right away with the newest edition of Corrections and Apologies. Oh, no. So I'm not, oh, no. I'm, no. I'm gonna, I got enough apologies and corrections coming up. I'm not going to worry about blah, blah, blow. I got bigger fish to fry right Make now. Make a stand. Make a stand. Yesterday, we were talking about the the real word, the legitimate word for coin collector. Uh-huh. Well, I guess apparently I wasn't saying it correctly. Oh, Jesus. 
What's up, Ralph? What's up, Eddie? Steve, how you guys doing? Uh, Deep Lie here, two-star general, what the hell? And Ralph, I'm sorry to say that we'll have to continue the apology tour uh, tomorrow because you keep saying the word numismatist, and as a coin collector myself, I have to correct you and tell you that it's numismatist, numismatist, not numismatist. So anyway, just wanted you to know, hope you have a great day. LMB. Numismatist. Wow. Numismatist is the way you properly. Can you just come over to my it. side and just say coin collector? No, just I'm, be go- on my I'm side. going to be, I'm going to come correct and say numismatist. Coin collector. No, numismatist. No, I exist. got it now. I'm locked down. Ugh. Eddie Pence, not even nope. close. The Ralph Report. I'm in the ballpark of right. No, you're not. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> then, and here's a new wrinkle to this whole thing. I get plenty wrong on my own. I think that's become painfully obvious. Uh-huh. I don't need other Garmy members setting me up to be wrong by putting them on the show and having them be wrong and me doubling down on my wrongness. <laughs> Case in point, Patty <laughs> called us yesterday and we we're talking about Thomas Dolby. Oh, uh-huh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And she said, well, you d- neglected to mention his most famous tune that yes. he ever wrote right. was the Nokia ringtone. Yes. Nope, not the case at all. Didn't write it. That's not his ringtone. Neither one of those things is true. But he made it, right? Digital? Didn't make that one. He didn't do any of it? The one you just heard had nothing to do with that. Wow. Here's more of an explanation. Hey, Ralph. Uh, My name is Mike. Uh, I am a a lot of a phone nerd, and I wanted to tell you that you need a correction to your correction. Um, Dolby did make the Nokia ringtone, but not that version. Not that version. They already had that version uh, out. They had that. He did the polyphonic ringtone version. Polyphonic. And if you hear it, you'll notice it's more a Dolby style. So if you want to look it up, the polyphonic Nokia ringtone, play that. Uh, nobody heard it because at the time that he put it on there, Nokia had already kind of went away, but I'm calling from a wind tunnel. I hope you can hear me. I can. I uh, love you. Mean it. Bye. Thank you, Mike. Phone nerd. <laughs> Never seen a cell phone nerd. I before. haven't either, but apparently they're out there. A phone file. There's aficionados for everything, <laughs> I, guess I there suppose. Is. What's the technical name for that? So, <laughs> that's a good question. I'm sure there's one now instead of just phone nerd. So, not this one. Thomas Dolby created this one. That That's apparently prettier. most people did not hear because Nokia wasn't really a ongoing concern by the point he had whipped it up. It sounds nice, but I've never heard that one. And most importantly, did not write the tune. The actually uh, the tune is from a, a, a solo guitar composition called Gran Vals, composed in 1902 by Spanish classical guitarist and composer Francisco Tarrega. Okay. So that's the person who composed that tune. And for Ruben Hernandez, who wrote on the Patreon comment section, uh, Dolby didn't compose that. Chopin did. You can bite my left ass cheek because it wasn't Chopin either. <laughs> so now you know how it feels. Everybody's wrong. Not so easy, is awesome. it? Awesome. Ruben Hernandez. Welcome to my side. So there. 
put that in your pipe and smoke it. All right, we got that out of the way. Feel better? I do. Oh, that's good. Feel cleansed. That's good. I have admitted my sins and I've made my amends. Go into the weekend fresh. That's right. You know who's not going to go into the weekend fresh? Andrea, because she works in healthcare. She's a uh, nurse. Oh. And we were talking this week a lot about scabies. Yes. Scabies, the little lice that burrow into your skin. Mm -hmm. Bad news, those scabies. They are. It's bad enough if you get them, just get them. Yeah. What if you're in a line of work where you're you're confronted with scabies on a daily basis? Oh, brutal. Hey, Ralph. It's Andrea, four-star general from South Jersey. And since you've been talking about scabies for two days, I have to tell you that that's a reason to love your medical professionals even more. Um, as a respiratory therapist and as a nurse, I've been exposed to scabies multiple times, unfortunately. Never have caught them, but you still have to quell, which means you have to put this lotion all over your body, wash all your sheets in hot water, just to be preventative. But I've had to quell multiple times because of my exposure to scabies. Just that little ew for for a Friday. Ew. Yes. Um, okay. Hope that um, just give us, us healthcare providers much more love. All right. I love you. Mean it. Bye. So she's got to slather herself with oh, lousicide. That's awful. When she comes in contact with these patients because they have the scabies. Oh, that's awful. <sighs> I remember one time Colton got... There was a lice outbreak at his preschool. Just the uh, hair lice. And you had to go through and you, you had to pick the eggs out of you the hair. You got to get the nits, as they say. Oh, God, that was a and nightmare. You got to wash the hair with quell and then pull the nits oh, out. And then wash all the sheets. And Oh, that was a nightmare. Yeah. Oh, it's gross. So today we salute cops and nurses, the two yes. shittiest jobs in the world. <laughs> hey, someone called in with your epitaph. Oh, you know what an epitaph it is, It goes right? on the tombstone. There yes, you go. I I, it seemed, I I've know, thought a lot about my death. I don't know what's a big word and what's not a big word I've anymore. thought a lot about my death. So. This guy thinks this should be on your tombstone. Here lies Eddie Pence. He wasn't wrong, but far from right. And so he left. And so he left. Far from right, so he left. <laughs> that's Even that's not on your tombstone, that's I'm genius. going to carve it in. After it's up. You're going to desecrate my tombstone? I'm not desecrate. I'm going to amend. Uh, I'm going to fix it for you. stay away from my tombstone. I'm going to fix it for you. Mm. Uh, speaking of Eddie Pence, and this, this applies to me as well, Kevin called in. This call kind of broke my heart, but I think we can help him. Hi, Ralph. Yo-ho, Odie. What a do, crew. This is Kevin, three-star general from Raleigh, North Carolina. Um, so I'm calling today for some advice. I recently went out for my first ever audition. Honestly, I felt like I crushed it. I got a call back for the lead role and two other supporting roles. And I genuinely felt like I crushed the call back too. I was so sure and confident that I was going to get one of the three roles I was called back for, particularly the lead. But I didn't. I got cast in the ensemble. And don't get me wrong, I've wanted to do this show for 14 years, and I'm grateful just to be a part of it. But I was wondering, how do you guys cope when you want something so badly, you give it your all, and you feel in your gut that it's going to happen, and then it doesn't? How, how do you guys recover from that? Because I'm having trouble right now. Thanks. LMB. Kevin. Kevin, Kevin, mm. first of all, take a breath. Yeah. This may be your first audition and your first show, but it's not going to be your last no. if it's something you enjoy doing. 
And here's the hard, cruel truth about the, I don't know whether this is a profession for you or a hobby or anyone who gets into acting as a creative outlet. Yeah. That's it. That's the game. That's the beast. It's 98% this. It's always that. <laughs> yeah. So the first <laughs> ones hurt more than, it gets progressively better. You build a callus You do. It. You get a nerd to it yes. and you just get used to it and you move forward and you go into every audition assuming that you're not going to get it. And when you do get something, it's just it's just a beautiful surprise yes. and it's a fun little celebration. But the vast majority of the time, no, you're getting nothing. But know that you were called into audition because they saw something in you they liked. And you got called back because they saw even more of something they liked. Yes. Now, you, you didn't get the part because who knows what you know, what's going through the casting people's minds, the producer's minds, whoever's in charge of the show may have some other thing in mind or you remind them of someone they hate or something like that. You don't know what personal thing is involved. So you can't blame yourself. You just have to tuck it away and move forward to the next one. You lose jobs for all the strangest reasons. Right. And the truth is you're never really privy to that reason. No. So you can't even take it personally. Here's the thing. Disconnect Kevin, the actor from Kevin the person, because you're going in and you're selling a product when you go into audition. And a great acting coach early on in my career said to me, you can be the sweetest Ferrari on the lot, but if they're buying Volkswagens yeah. that day, it doesn't matter what a great right. Ferrari you are. It's out of your hands. So don't take it personally. It's really, it has nothing, almost always nothing to do with you as a performer or as a person, it's it's just a numbers game. Yeah, and you got a callback. So you made a good impression on someone which could pay off later. You're always auditioning for the next job anyway. Your job is to audition. That's yeah. what an actor's job is, to literally go on auditions. Yeah. That if that it make that your career. And then anything else that happens, it's like getting, you know, it's like finding uh, you know, a box of 20s on the street. <laughs> it's just it's just a nice <laughs> bonus and a surprise. So, don't feel too bad. Take a breath. I don't know if you're a drinking man. Help yourself to a nice belt. <laughs> Let it all go. Enjoy the process. Go have fun. Do the show in whatever capacity that you're employed in it and uh, have a good time. And, you know, I like to help people out and give them uh, origins behind different phrases mm -hmm. and idioms. Mm -hmm. It's called Where Did It Come From? Morning, Ralph. Eddie. This is Timmy, four-star. Timmy! Yeah, where did it come from? Uh, anal. And not Sex University anal Duh. or Eddie Pence. I'd shove that up my ass anal. Duh. I've been doing a bathroom remodel, and my dad is way over precise on measurements mm. and the way things fit. He's really anal about it. Mm. Where'd that come from? Hmm. Why do we call fastidious people anal? I don't know. Why are they anal? Hmm. Where did it come from? Where did it go? Where did it come from? We want to know. Where did it come from? Say it ain't so. Where did it come from? Well, any guesses, Eddie Pence? I have no idea. Calling someone anal yeah. is actually short for calling them anal retentive. I remember the anal retentive chef on Saturday Night Live. Yes. Phil Hartman's sketch. And the anal retentive, that phrase yeah. goes back to our pal Sigmund Freud. Mm -hmm. He came up with a concept that during our early psychosexual development as children, we go through three stages. The first stage is the oral stage. It's yeah. all about the mouth. Yeah because you're, uh, you're suckling on your mother's teat, mm -hmm. and it, uh, everything is mouth-oriented. Then when you go into the next phase, especially during potty training, 
that's when it becomes the anal phase from the years years two to four. Okay. You become anal obsessed. Okay. Then four to five, you become genital obsessed. Okay. That's, those are the that, early that stages. For the rest of your of life. And yes. And then from progressively <laughs> into puberty and onward, it all becomes about sex and genitals. This is again, according to Freud, who right. was very genital centric. Yes. Okay. Um, now, what happens during your potty training, again, according to Freud, if it's traumatic in any way, you can either develop two types of personalities, the anal retentive personality or the anal expulsive personality. Ah, yes. Now, the anal retentive personality is stingy and compulsively seeking order and tidiness and is stubborn and is a, a perfectionist because the anal retentive desires control based upon feeling either they didn't have control or were able to get a reaction out of the parents by denying them bowel movements. Okay. Okay? So it depends on whether you hold on to your crap or you let it go. Right. The anal expulsive person is sloppy and messy and whatever happens, happens. I gotta and go, I gotta go. Exactly. They just, wherever it needs to go. Like your son, Colton, just will go anywhere. He is and it's just, definitely expulsive. He's just all over the place. <laughs> so that's what it refers to. The, it, 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 it's akin to sort of an uh, obsessive compulsive disorder kind of thing where Freud believed you could trace it back to potty training and the person who held in their crap, yeah. uh, either as a, a punishment to their parents or if they were... Um, if they were abused because they didn't uh, poop when they were asked to, or if they had an accident, or they wanted control over the situation, yes, it's, it's all about control. Like so, I want to, I'll crap when I want to crap. As a two-year-old, one of the few things you can control is whether you crap or not. Yeah. basically. So it all stems back to that. And you know, psychologists have differing opinions whether there's any validity to this theory or not. But Freud was such a big deal for so long. We've still adopted that into our lexicon. And so when we say someone is anal, we're basically saying they're anal retentive. As a kid, they held on to their shit. And so they're all about control and, and being a perfectionist. And they, it comes with all kinds of problems. Mm -hmm. So there you go. Your dad didn't poop a lot when he was two. <laughs> he liked to hold it in. He liked to hold it in. <laughs> he was controlling that poop. And now he's controlling you as you're building a bathroom. It's, what could be more appropriate? It all comes together. Oh, it's poetic. Where did it come from? Where did it go? Where did it come from? We want to know. Where did it come from? Say it ain't so. Where did it come from? Ah! And lastly, you know, we like to play a little upbeat music for you every day to make your day a little bit brighter. We call them our happy hits. On Fridays, we ask for suggestions for songs from movies because it is Video Vault Day as well. And with that in mind, here's today's request. Hey, Ralph, Eddie. For a happy hit, which I just found out was a movie song, was Donna Summer's Last Dance. Found it out because me and my girlfriend are arguing which song from Greece won the Oscar. We found out was none of them. We're like, what fucking song is it? And it was Last Dance, and I've been listening to it all day with my girlfriend. It is amazing. And perfect song for the weekend, LMB. Yes, Donna Summer was just a massive talent. I'm a huge fan. And you're right, that did win the Oscar for Best Song in mm. 1978. It came from a really shitty movie called Thank God It's Friday. I don't remember Which that was movie. a comedy about a night at a disco. Oh. <laughs> in the heat of the disco mania, they made this wacky comedy about these crazy people who yeah. were all in one disco at a night called Thank God It's Friday. The theme song actually also could be a happy hit mm. in its own right. Friday. Thank God It's Friday. 
We might need to work that into the show. That could be a new Friday song. Every Friday, quite frankly. <laughs> Here's today's happy hit, Oscar-winning song from the movie Thank God It's Friday, the great queen of disco herself, Donna Summer with Last Dance. See me out there in oh, my yeah. magic machine satin jacket <laughs> at your, the disco. Your bell bottoms. Oh, my bell bottoms, my white bell bottoms, my Kiana shirt. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> I would have crushed it in the 70s. You, you could have. You were there. My penis would have fallen off. I'd be getting so much tail. <laughs> no, but I, I was a kid. You were a kid. You were like 10 years too late. I was a kid. Although I do remember dancing to that song at my friend's bar mitzvah. During the the dance section, when all the kids got out there and danced, we did we did uh, shake it, oh, shake our asses to amazing. that tune. Great pick, thank you so much. That's fun. Disco's fun. <laughs> Thanks to everybody who called in. You too can be featured in the Garmy on the Line segment, but that can't happen unless you call me. Hey there, it's Ralph Garman here. I hope you're enjoying the show. And if you are, 
Why not subscribe to The Ralph Report so you can hear it every day, Monday through Friday? For just 15 cents a day, you can be a one-star general supporter, and that will get you the show in your ear holes Monday through Friday. Of course, there are two, three, and four-star general levels as well, which gets you more bonus content and more access to me. So if you like what you're hearing, why not subscribe? Go to patreon.com slash the Ralph Report. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash the Ralph Report. Subscribe today so you don't miss a thing. And now it's time for one member of the Garmy, one very lucky member to potentially win some fabulous cash and prizes on the Garmy Game Show. It's time for America's fastest growing quiz sensation, the Garmy Game Show. With the host that loves you most, Ralph Garmin. And the contestant that can win you fabulous prizes, Ralph Garmin. Yes, once again, Eddie Pence will be playing the role of Quizmaster today in the Garmy Game Show. Welcome, everyone, to the Garmy Game Show. I am your host, Ralph Garmin. You know how the game is played. Eddie Pence has prepared 10 questions for me. I need only to answer five of them correctly in order for today's Garmy member that we've picked at random to win the big prize. If I get 10 out of 10, the Garmy member will win that prize, plus the bonus prize of Eddie Pence's Comedy Unspecial mm. on DVD. If people still have DVD players. Or makes a good coaster. It does make a good coaster. And if I uh, fail miserably and get zero correct, well, then you will get the uh, loser prize. <laughs> Not loser prize. Wow, no, because we have no losers. That hurts. You'll get the, uh, you'll get the consolation gift <laughs> of Eddie Pence's Comedy Unspecial on CD, so you can listen to it. Over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, first of all, let's find out what a lucky Garmy member could win should I pull it out today. Let's ask our announcer, Ralph Garmin. Oh, Ralph. Why, thank you, Ralph. Today, the lucky Garmy member could win an Amazon gift certificate worth $25. Back to you, Ralph. Why, thank you Whoa. so much. $25 Amazon gift card. I want to win it. Is, uh, is up for grabs today. Let's see who I'll be playing for. We picked the name at random, Eric Castro. Eric Castro from Livermore, California, oh, okay. is today's lucky Garmy member. I will be playing on behalf of Eric. All right, the rules are in place. Eddie Pence, why don't you tell us the theme for today's Garmy game show? Well, we had so much talk this week about macaque. Macaque. And, and, and the horrible tragedy that happened with those oh, brain chips. Poor macaque. But I thought it'd be interesting to educate ourselves about macaque and other monkeys. Oh, monkeys. And do a monkey quiz. Don't know what to say, the monkey won't do. Don't know what to say, the monkey won't do. Don't know what to say, the monkey won't do. Don't know what to say, the monkey won't do. I love me some monkeys. <laughs> if for every answer I get correct, by the way, you'll know I'm right because you'll hear this. Do the monkey, yeah. <laughs> And if I get it wrong, you'll hear this. Very angry so monkey. So mad at you. Very angry so monkey. Mad. Upset with me. All right, let's play right, Here we go. You I'll give, give me you, a sample? I'll give you a sample. All right, because I don't know question. how you're going to structure these. So a lot of are multiple choice. Oh, thank God. A lot of multiple choice. I was worried about numbers. No. How many hairs are on the average monkey's ass? That's a multiple choice question. Okay, here's your here's your sample question. All right. What are the two groups? What what are the two groups monkeys are broken into? <clears throat> we actually covered this on the show. Two There's groups. two main groups monkeys are broken into. Monkeys are broken into. 
right. sample question. I know you're not talking about apes because that's no. a different, that's a different thing. Monkeys. Monkeys. About monkeys. There's they're, two they're, groups. Two group. specific groups monkeys are broken into. Uh, um, uh, Talked about it on the show. Did we? We did. Um, is, is it uh, prehensile tail and non-prehensile tail? Mm. Tail or no tail? Tails? Is it about tails? It's not about tails, tails so much. It's about location. Location. Oh, uh, oh, oh, oh. Old world and new world. Yes. You had to, to kind of hold my hand through but that, that one. That was a sample. That's probably one of the more difficult ones. Okay. New World and Old World Monkeys. I remember that okay. now. Here we go. Number one. Approximately how many species of primates are there? Now, this is multiple choice. This a, is all primates because this primates. includes apes this, then yes, too. Everybody. Primates. Oh, boy. A, lot of, a, lot of. a 80. 80. B, 300. Oy. C, 150. D, 700. How many species of primates are there? Uh, that's uh, 80, 300, 150, 700. 80 seems awful low. 700 seems awful high. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to go for something in the middle. And I'm going to say there's a lot of primates out there. Let's go with 300. To the monkey, yeah. Yeah, baby. Nice. I just did that monkey. Way to deduce. I just did that monkey. <laughs> okay. Here we go. Number two. Humans and orangutans. Yeah, Eddie Pence. Look at you. Are both. Look at you using the word correctly. Oh, thanks. I'm pretty sure. Are both classified as great apes, true or false? Humans and orangutans are both classified as great apes. I know we share a lot with them, but I don't believe humans fall into the ape category, so I'm going to say we are not great apes. <laughs> really? really? Humans are, are great apes? We are classified as great apes. Wow. I don't think we are. I we're, think we're average at I best. Think, oh, no, we're not great. <laughs> no. I think they mean great like, like big-ass populations. Great apes, yes, we yeah. are classified as great apes, and along with orangutans. Great apes. I didn't know we're apes. That's interesting, yeah. and I believe that to be true. I think we are apes. Here we go. Number three. Right. If a chimpanzee is giving you a wide, teeth-bared grin, yeah. what emotion are they expressing? A, happiness. B, anger. C, fear. D, sadness. Lust. Is lust on the no, list? No, lust is not on oh, the list. They don't want to fuck you when they're smiling give at you. Give me the lust. Give me that big teeth of lust. Happiness, anger, fear, or sadness? I believe I've heard about this and it makes me sad because we all think it's adorable when they smile in quotes like that, but mm -hmm. I believe that means they're fearful. They're fearful. The monkey, yeah. I don't want our monkey friends to be afraid. I don't either, because I remember watching Lancelot Link and they were smiling all the yeah, time. Yeah, those performing monkeys do that a lot because they're, they're terrified. terrified. That's fucking awful, it man. It is awful. Okay, another true or false. Here we go. Some monkeys have short tails. True or false? Some monkeys have short tails. Of all the kinds of monkeys out there, I would have to think some monkeys do have short tails. Yes, I'm going to say yes. To the monkey, yeah. Sure they do. Huck, you know your monkeys. Oh, I love me a monkey. <laughs> oh, it stumped you on a couple. Nah, I love monkeys. All right, here we go. Which of the following monkeys has the largest eyes? Mm. A, the spider monkey. <gasps> B, the baboon. Mm. C, the squirrel monkey. Or D, the owl monkey. So you're trying to set me up with that owl monkey Which thing monkey because the owls have big eyes. Right. Which monkey has the largest eyes? I know baboons have beady little eyes, mm -hmm. so it's not them. 
I believe the squirrel monkey is a tiny little monkey who lives in trees. I think they almost look like uh, lemurs, like they got those big honking eyes. So I'm gonna say squirrel monkey has the biggest eyes. Uh, good going with your first instinct. The owl, the owl talked myself out of it. You talked yourself out of it. See, owls have big eyes. You would think that would be. See, I thought you were setting me up. They were hey, tricking that's me. why you don't know. You just don't know. I don't know. I'm a quiz master. You are. All right, Europe is home to how many species of wild monkeys? <sighs> you're right. I gotta give a number. A you, number. Know, you want me to know the number? A number. How of... many species of wild monkeys are native to Europe? I think this is a trick question because okay. I know there are in India and Africa, and I'm betting there aren't any wild monkeys in Europe. Oh. <laughs> I was gonna be very clever uh, with that one. answer. There's one. There's one. The, the Barbary macaque. Oh, the Barbary macaque. Macaque. Is the a, very macaque we've right. been talking That's about. That's why we thought you'd get this one. It's since we a talked European so monkey. Yeah. I didn't know that it was from Europe. Oh, well, there you go. So things yeah, you I, learn on this program for as know. little as 15 cents a day. Right. And I'm teaching. I have to subscribe to this show. It's excellent. I'm teaching you. Fuck. Okay. The howler monkey <laughs> is known for its what? <laughs> I believe it's known for its howl. What, are you, what is it? The Make-A-Wish Foundation? Or are you just throwing me free? I felt bad because you got the last two wrong. I thought I'd throw, oh, I'd throw you a bone. And I don't need your bone. All right. Give your bone to yourself. Here's a hard one. The Bernese sneezing monkey. Oh, that sneezer. Does this when it rains. Mm, sure it does. It. The Bernese sneezing monkey sneezing does monkey this, does when, it this when it rains. He hides. If you tell me he sneezes, I'm he gonna punch sneezes. you right in the face. He sneezes. Fuck you with your obvious answers. <laughs> they seem too obvious. Bernie's sneezing monkey. I know, but I figured it once again. You're See? trying to. I'm fuck making you overthink yourself. You're trying to fuck me up. You're overthinking yourself. Here's what you're doing. You're bullshit. All right, number nine. Oh boy. What was the monkey Albert II famous for? Albert the second. What was he famous for? Well, everyone knows the tale of Albert the second, the <laughs> monkey. Of course, everyone knows what yeah. he was famous What'd for. What did he do? What did he do? Oh, man. What's he um, known for? I would say he's known for being an astronaut. Do the monkey, yeah. First monkey think, in space. What? How, how many things could a monkey do that would make him famous? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he hosted a talk show. I don't think he was a chef. He made pottery. He was shot into in a capsule into orbit. <laughs> Involuntarily launched into orbit. That's right. That's why he was famous, because <laughs> he didn't tear their faces off. First monkey launched into space, 1949. Wow, there you go. Uh, number 10, final one. Oh, boy. How do monkeys express affection for each other? A, they hug. Mm. B, they groom each other. Mm. C, they bite each other. Mm. Or D, they spit on each other. Mm. Well, if you were talking about the bonobo uh -huh. monkey, then they it would just be they fuck, <laughs> or they have oral sex. Right, but I'm talking the bonobo in, in the monkey. General sense. Did you know the bonobo monkey is the only monkey, the only creature other than man that has sex strictly for pleasure? I didn't know that. I think maybe porpoises do as well, but okay. uh, the bonobo, in terms of the primate uh, world. They, like us, uh, like to have uh, sex just Did for pleasure. Did you trace your ancestry back to the bonobo? I am part bonobo, yes. I'm certainly part bonobo. I'm going to say, out of the, the answers you gave me, mm -hmm. since fucking was not on the it's list, not. 
I'm assuming we're not talking about the bonobo. No. We're talking Monkeys about in uh, grooming each other. I would say grooming each other. There we go. Monkeys. The monkey quiz. Let me do a little quick math here and see whether our man Eric Castro is going to be a winner or not. I got six correct. There you go. Just well done. Eked it out. Well done. Eddie's monkey quiz. I think six is like my number. I tend to get six, I think. <laughs> anyway, Eric, congratulations. Keep your eyes peeled in your mailbox. We're going to be sent. Don't keep your eyes peeled in your mailbox. That would oh, be gross. gross. Keep your eyes peeled on your mailbox. You'll be getting that uh, Amazon gift card whizzing your way any day now. Thank you so much for playing the Garmy Game Show. See you next time on the Garmy Game Show. The Garmy Game Show is a Mark Goodson, Bill Todman production. I'm going to say you're an excellent quiz master. Oh, you do a nice job with those. Actually, by my count, you got seven correct. Oh, really? You got seven correct. Let me check my paperwork here. You did get here. seven. You got seven. Right? Oh, yeah. I only have nine hash marks here. Yeah, so don't I discount did, yourself. I did get the other one. You're seven. a monkey expert. Seven. Oh, I'm, I'm, uh, I should become a monkologist. <laughs> Let's take a look now with all the entertainment news in a segment I call the showbiz beat. Ooh, Kendall Jenner's in trouble. Oh, what happened? She's being sued by a tequila brand for ripping off its uh, look and color scheme for her bottles. Oh. She has released her own tequila brand called 818, and she's being sued by a competitor tequila company called 512. First of all. (laughs) Copying the shtick of using your area code as the name of your tequila. Guilty. If I'm on the jury, guilty already. Can we get over using that as some identifying mark, your area code? Yeah. I don't get it. It's weak. Um, But on top of it, she took the same color scheme and the same design for the labels as well. And 512 is a fairly popular brand of tequila. So people, the company certainly thinks that she's trying to ride their coattails. Then when you add to it, there was an app game called Kim Kardashian Hollywood that you played on your phone. Ew. And in the front and center in the, in the in-game images, there were bottles of 512 tequila in that game as well. So they seem to believe that they're trying to confuse people, the consumer, between 512's tequila and 818, Kendall Jenner's brand of Seems tequila. like they're doing that. So a lawsuit is just been filed, and I hope it goes to trial. And I hope she gets the death penalty. I don't think that's impossible. I, well, so, then we should rewrite some laws like because that should be her punishment. Okay. We'll, we'll wait and see. Hey, another uh, float in the obnoxious asshole parade. <laughs> Chet Hanks oh, God. is in the news. We talked earlier this week about how he was complaining he didn't have a strong male role model growing right, up. Right. That Tom Hanks, he seems no. like a hack when it comes to being a decent yeah. person. Now he's saying he doesn't want to answer any more questions about his fa- famous family. Okay. He's done with that. All right. He's got his own thing, and he is going to move forward with his calling in life. He doesn't want to answer any more questions about Tom Hanks or his mother, Rita Wilson. Mm. So stop it. Okay. He's going to be a personal trainer now, Eddie Pence. Oh, he, is he? He used to be a rapper. I did, uh, yeah. I and then that. he was a uh, Instagram influencer. Uh-huh. Now he's going to become a personal trainer. Uh, okay. But he doesn't care about how good you look. He's got a much deeper plan. Hmm. If I continue to 
answer questions that are just solely based on what does your dad think? What does your mom think? It's got nothing to do with me. I have a message and my purpose is to share that message. This is really the main purpose of my message is that the only way that we can feel better is to do it through physical action. It's not about fitness and looking good. Looking good is just a secondary result that happens when we focus on doing the work necessary to break our negative thinking patterns and just be happy, be happy, be confident and feel worthy. We can't feel worthy by just sitting around on our ass, worthy of accomplishing our dreams, manifesting our goals. The only way we can feel worthy, allowing those dreams to unfold and manifest is by taking the necessary action with our physical, with our physical body, by getting up and getting moving. Mm, wow. That's a lot of words. Spoken like, truly like a man who has no fucking idea what he's talking about. A lot about. of words in there. What a word salad that was. <laughs> a manifest. He must have read a one self-help book. <laughs> and now it's all just being shat out all wow. over the place. Yeah. It's not about looking good, by the way. He said as he posted this week on Instagram, new photos of his abs. Oh, I'm sure it was. Yeah, had to be sure it was. It's yeah. all about manifesting your goals. And breaking negative thought patterns. Shut up. Hey, Batman to Batman, a little advice was given to Rob Pattinson by Christian Bale. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They ran into each other uh, before Robert Pattinson started shooting on the movie. He said he felt a little awkward asking Christian Bale for Batman advice, but Bale was more than happy to tell him what he needed. They ran into each other next to a urinal. Ew. They were in a bathroom, and they started up a conversation, and I guess it kind of uh, inspired him to say, says Pattinson, the first thing you need to do in the bat suit is figure out a way to pee. He said that was the primary problem he had with his bat suit. So uh, Pattinson went to the costume designer and said, I need access. Put a tube down there. To both holes <laughs> built into the suit. And they accommodated him. So I guess he's the first guy with a, uh, right. a bat port huh. where he can pee and poop. That's good to know. Stranger Things, big hit over on Netflix, just announced this week. It's been renewed for a fifth and final season. Hmm. Fans will finally get to see season four as well. First half of season four begins May 27th, the second half on July 1st. And then after that, there will be a fifth and final season for the series. Now, by the way, season three yeah. debuted two and a half years ago in 2019. Long. Wow. So... Fans of this show have been waiting they two really and a have. half years That's crazy. to continue the story. Because of the long wait, season four will start with the uh, Stranger Things kids in a nursing home, apparently. They're going to be... Uh, Old? Yeah, I'm kidding. No. It's just a lot of time has passed, Eddie. Since, that, that much? Since the last season. See, I, was, I get the joke. It was a long stretch. Yeah, I get it. I get there was a lengthy right, period of time. Yes. Speaking of actors, Yellowstone star Forey J. Smith has announced he's going to skip the SAG Awards. I don't know what any of those words mean. I don't watch Yellowstone. I don't know who Forey J. Smith is. He plays ranch hand Lloyd Pierce on the popular Paramount Network drama. Okay. He said he would love to be able to wear a cowboy hat and boots on the red carpet to represent, here's some code words, my culture and heritage. But you see, the SAG Awards are demanding that all of the attendees be vaccinated. I don't believe in that stuff, said 4EJ Smith. I want to apologize to y'all for not being at the Screen Actors Guild Awards. I mean no offense to anyone. 
but I'm not vaccinated. It's a requirement to be vaccinated at the Screen Actors Guild Awards ceremony. I'm not vaccinated. Okay. I will not get vaccinated. Okay. I haven't been vaccinated since I was a little kid. Yeah. I don't vaccinate my dogs. I don't really? vaccinate my horses. I've never had a flu shot. That's... I never will. I believe they compromise your immunities. You're a moron. You don't vaccinate your dog. Your dog's gonna fucking die. He doesn't believe in any vaccines for idiot. any creatures. Whatever. Because they compromise your immunities. That's okay. how vaccines work, uh-huh. famously. Fucking idiot. Hey, who are you gonna believe? The doc- Immunolo- immunologist? Or that dude on Or the guy who plays the ranch hand on Yellowstone. Don't go the Sag Who gives a shit? No one watches them anyway. Big fucking deal. Well, bye. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why he felt the need to announce he wasn't going to be at the Dude, Sag vaccinate Wars, your but. fucking dog. I don't care what you do to yourself. Don't vaccinate. Just fucking save your dog's life. And lastly, did you see the Elvis trailer? No. Uh, I didn't. Uh, uh, <laughs> you stopped. It's making me uncomfortable. I sported full wood. Let me tell you something. <laughs> I'm kind of obsessed with Baz Luhrmann. I love his work. Yeah. I thought Moulin Rouge was brilliant. You told me, yes. I thought Great Gatsby was great. Mm -hmm. I really like what he does. Okay. And this movie looks as good as that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Now, a lot of people are saying, do we really need another movie about Elvis's life story? We've we've seen that. Is this the one with Tom Hanks as the Colonel? Tom Hanks as Colonel Tom Parker. Okay. And Austin Butler is brilliant, at least judging from the trailer, as Elvis. Sounds like him, looks like him. Sings the early hits of Elvis. I think they add Elvis's actual voice in later on, but they go from birth to death in this movie. Really? Apparently. Yeah. Wow. And I'm encouraged because Baz Luhrmann says he wanted to use Elvis just as a prism to look at the history of America in the 50s, 60s, and 70s. He wanted to use that as a as a um, almost like a Forrest Gump. Kind of. Yeah. Kind of going through. Yeah. Kind of like decades. using using him as a uh, as a theatrical device to yeah. kind of show you what America was going through in those decades. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a yeah, pretty pretty clever idea. I mean, he's had a huge impact on the culture for yeah. sure. And he is the backdrop of America through all three yeah. of those decades yeah. in different different ways. Here's a little bit of the trailer to Baz Luhrmann's Elvis. I wish to promote you, Mr. Presley. To a party in a town in jail. Are you ready to fly? I'm ready. Ready to fly. Tomorrow, all of America will be talking about Elvis Presley. I can't move, I can't sing. Some people want to put me in jail. So Wells moving. They might put me in jail for walking across the street, but you're a famous white boy. The way you sing is God-given, so there can't be nothing wrong with it. Martin Luther King has been shot to death in Memphis. That's all right for you. Tragedy, but it has nothing to do with us. It has everything to do with us. I'm on the shoot, and nobody's gonna remember me. I need to get back to who I really am. And who are you, Oz? making the most of this thing while I can. This can all be over in a flash. We are the same, you and I. 
We are two odd, lonely children reaching for eternity. The greatest show on earth. Elvis has left the building. Thank you. Thank you very much. Wow. You know, apparently, and I heard this from other sources, Elvis spent the entire last half of his life desperately afraid that everything was going to disappear. That he'd fall out of favor, people would forget who he was, people would stop oh, caring. That's miserable. He was just so scared of oh, losing what he had. I'm, I'm, I'm really encouraged by this movie, except perhaps for Tom Hanks' accent <laughs> as Colonel Tom Parker. I'm sure I'll get used to that. Though. Anyway, looks good to me. Uh, let's find out who was born on this day, February 18. Hot off of his success at the Super Bowl halftime, Dr. Dre celebrates his 57th birthday. Dr. Dre is the name, I'm ahead of my gang. Still puffing my leaves, still with the beats. Still not loving police. Still rock my khakis with a cuff and a crease. Still got love for the streets, repping 213. Still the beats bang, still doing my thing. Since I left, ain't too much change. Molly Ringwald's 54 years old today. Mar Matt Dillon turns 58. Yoko Ono is 89 years old today. Oh my God. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, it is. You know, I use a little source that uh, gives me all the celebrity birthdays. Mm -hmm. And usually next to it, they will say what they're known for or what their position right. in show business is. Like actor Molly Ringwald, actor Matt Dillon. This says vocalist Yoko Ono. In the same sense, I'm a vocalist. Really? <laughs> She has guess, a voice. I guess she is using her voice. They, they didn't say singer, so I guess they have a point. Ike Barinholtz, uh, comedian and actor, 45 years old today. Dennis DeYoung, this guy's a singer, was with Sticks for many years as their front man. He's 75. Actor Sybil Shepard is 72. Did you ever see a movie called The Last Picture Show? Peter yes, Bogdanovich? Yes, yes. She is painfully beautiful yes. in that. The camera just loves her. 72 years old. Robbie Bachman of Bachman Turner Overdrive. He's their drummer, 69. Vanna White from Wheel of Fortune, 65 years old today, and actor John Travolta turned 68. It's so weird. I'm like 68. I didn't think I'd be this old. <laughs> what? Where? Who? That's it for today's Celebrity Birthdays. I'm Ralph Garman. I walk the showbiz beat. And now it's time for us to check in with our pal across the ocean. He's over there in the UK giving us the update. 
It's Mr. Steve Ashton. Steve. Steve. Steve Ashton. Oh, Ralph, you're so woke, you know. You make Prince Harry look like Prince Andrew. <laughs> By the way, I'm not, I'm not sure if you saw this, but he's paid off his accuser, Virginia Jeffrey, so he doesn't have to face court. Um, and by he's paid her off, I mean me and other British taxpayers have paid her off. I did see that. That was uh, sad. What about admission of guilt, that is? 12 million, apparently. And uh, it's the Queen that's bailed him out because he doesn't have that much money, apparently. Anyway, look, a couple of TV-related stories today, if you don't mind. I'd love it. Posh People being posh show written by and starring posh people that no posh people actually watch is uh, Downton Abbey is in the news. <laughs> What's up with our favorite servants? The trailer for Downton Abbey, A New Era, has set the stage for a brand new mystery involving the family matriarch, Violet Crawley, or the Dowager, as she's known. Um, She's known for her quick wits and savage put-downs. She shares some surprise news that she's inherited a villa from a former male suitor after they enjoyed a briefling many years before. Now, the revelation has set the stage for speculation around the identity of her secret man, uh, with even the woman herself joking in the trailer that the family no doubt will be keen to discuss her mysterious past. The full-length trailer, which was released on Tuesday, shows Violet sharing the news with her son Robert and granddaughter Mary that she's come into possession of a lavish villa in the south of France. Shall we have a, shall we have a quick listen? Okay. Have you told them, Lady Grantham? She's told us nothing. Do sit down. I've come into possession of a villa in the south of France. What villa? <laughs> Start at the beginning. Years ago, before you were born, I met a man. They spend a few days together and he gives her a house. You never thought to turn it down? Do I look as if I'd turned down a villa in the south of France? A telephone call for you, my lord. Mr. Barber is a producer and director. He wants to make a film at Downton. A moving picture at Downton. But the big films are famous ones. I think it's a horrible idea. Actresses plastered in makeup and actors just plastered. There is something about him, like a wild animal ready to spring. Ready to spring on you, you mean? Action! Cut! Cut! Sorry. The modern world comes to Downton. Well, I don't know about you, I can hardly contain my ambivalence (laughs) and disdain. Full disclosure, honestly, that's the first time I've listened to it or watched the trailer. Because when I I saw the story, I thought, oh, I'll talk about that because it's uh, it's always, you know, Spice Girls and John and Ed Sheeran, so I'll do something different. All I did was copy the URL, banged it into one of those download from YouTube sites. So I've not listened to it. That's the first time I've listened to it. So it sounds wonderful. I'm sure fans of the show are going to enjoy it, right? And to them, I say, you know, go ahead. Obviously, it's a bit of escapism. I'm not judging you um, because you don't, particularly in America, you don't really have an equivalent of that sort of upper class, really, do you? It's all just kind of rich people. Um, I mean, other than obviously the Trumps and Kardashians. Oh, yeah, right. I mean, you're very much like Australians in that way, although not as bad as Australians because they're really as rough as kangaroos' balls, aren't they? (laughs) Um, Downton creator Julian Fellow said... It's really a new era. The, f- the further the 20s went along, the more the world was changing in so many ways. Everything from entertainment to transport was really different by the end of the 20s. That's what we're referring to in the title. Now, he sees the Downton films as an extension of the hit TV series, which ran for six seasons between 2010 
and 2015. And he explained that the new movie will pick up from where the 2019 film ended. He said, we're trying to mark the change. The fact that the Crawleys of Downton are nearly in the 1930s, which is merely the beginning of the modern world. Well, all of that and the first film grossed nearly $200 million against a budget of just 13. Wow. They're pretty posh people, posh rich people making even more money. It warms your heart, doesn't it? <laughs> Makes me want to vomit violently. Uh, let's end the week as we do every three weeks with some Ted Lasso news. <laughs> we don't do that, but go ahead. Roy Kent actor Brett Goldstein recently brought one of his dreams to fruition when he dropped by Sesame Street. What? Yeah, and he jumped in a trash can next to Oscar the Grouch. The official, <laughs> the official Sesame Street Twitter account shared a short clip featuring him this week. In the video, Big Bird walks past a trash can and a recycling bin filled with Brett uh, and Oscar. Uh, Brett lets out a growl in the style of Roy Kent and Oscar returns it before they both duck down into the bins and the lids flip closed. Now, Goldstein commented on Twitter, I've met a kindred spirit the other day. I told him we had a lot in common. He told me to scram. He joked on Twitter uh, as he reposted the Sesame Treat video. He also added that the episode he, he appeared in would be broadcast later this year, although I'm sure kids will be thinking, who the fuck is that? <laughs> yes. In 2020, he admitted in an interview with Esquire magazine that working with the Muppets was one of his biggest dreams. He says, that's my ultimate goal, working with the Muppets. If I do that, then I'll be dead. He even took his love of the Muppets to the stage, apparently, when he put on a six-minute one-man version of the Muppet Christmas Carol which mostly consisted of him singing songs from the film. Now, one of the show's creators, Brendan Hunt, said that viewers should expect a season three to premiere later this year after the start of filming was delayed. He said it'll happen and I'll, uh, it'll take longer than people want it to do, but we're just going to try and get it right. So that's good news, isn't it, um, that it'll be this year? I've, I don't know about you, Ralph. I find it happens a lot with TV shows. They have a really successful first season. The second series comes out fairly quickly. And then the subsequent ones seem, for some reason, to take a lot longer. Have you ever noticed that? I have, yes. Me too. We both have far too much time on our hands on our own. Well, I've heard this one is going to be delayed because they're shooting a lot more actual football scenes, and that's, uh, that's more right. labor-intensive, apparently. Okay. Anyway, look, I've got, I've got to go now, Ralph. I've uh, actually got a bit of a busy weekend ahead of me now. I'm off to Buckingham Palace. What? Well, apparently Prince Andrew's giving money away to people he says he's never met. So I thought, you know, why not? I might be in line for a couple of quid. <laughs> I'll talk to you in a minute on the old video vault. And Steve's right. He's going to be joining us in just a few moments with his pick from the world of American cinema as we open up the old video vault. Here in the Batcave, we have a vault that holds every movie ever made in the history of cinema. And we pick three films each weekend in case you're looking for something to watch that maybe you've missed or never heard of. We try to pick films that are underappreciated or underseen. Today, Eddie and I are going to pick British films. Steve will pick a film from the U.S. I will go first, starting with a British comedy from 1998 that I love called Still Crazy directed by a guy named Brian Gibson, who later went on to direct the Oscar-nominated What's Love Got to Do With It, the biopic of uh, uh, Tina Turner with mm -hmm. Angela Bassett. It's the story of a rock band from the 1970s called Strange Fruit. 
and they break up at a music festival in that in 1977. And it's about them getting the band back together to perform at a reunion of that rock festival some 20 years later. It is a hilariously funny, heartwarming story of old friends and missed opportunities and youth and fame and aging. It, it's one of my favorite films. And the cast of this is just ridiculous. In terms of British comic talent, you've got Bill Nighy as the lead singer of Strange Fruit. And if you ever saw his turn as the rock star in Love Actually, you yeah. know that this is kind of right in his wheelhouse. Billy Connolly stars as their old roadie. Oh, wow. Who uh, is still with the band. Stephen Ray plays the keyboardist. You got Jimmy Nail in there. Timothy Spall, who is a great actor, who was also in Love Actually, played Bill Nighy's manager okay. in that film. It is beautifully told. It's funny. It's heartwarming. I think it got a bad rap because a lot of people drew a connection to Spinal Tap with this film because yeah. it's a similar kind of story about a band that's past their prime trying to get back together again. Uh, but it's a very different kind of film. It's much more like Full Monty than it is Spinal Tap. Give it a shot. It's over on YouTube. You can pick it up for a couple bucks. I just love this film. Again, it's called Still Crazy. Here's a little bit of the trailer from that film. Well, there's only two reasons get you to haul your ass up here either i owe you money or you want to put the barn back together they were called strange fruit strange fruit been fruits a long time so which fruits which then well i'm posh fruit and they were one of the greatest bands of the 70s yeah we hated each other in the end oh height's a bit heavy that was then this is now. But when the music still matters. I want to stand in the dark and see an audience feel the way I do. And the passion still burns. I'm not 50! You're never too old to rock and roll. Hollywood Bowl. That was a great gig. We never played the Hollywood Bowl. That's one of my most vivid memories. <laughs> <laughs> Still crazy. Sign this place. Sure, oh, man. Best wishes to who? I need a signature for the pizzas. Sign the credit card receipt. He thinks it's an autograph. It's a great film. Check it out. I think you'll enjoy it as much as I do. Uh, by the way, the original music, Strange Fruits original music, is all written and performed by famous uh, British musicians. So the soundtrack is really great, too. Now, speaking of things British, it's time to turn to Steve Ashton, who's going to give us a pick from the US of A. God, what a really hard one this is for me. There are some films that I honestly I watch on rotation. Have you got any like that that you just, you kind of go, oh, I've got a couple of hours to, to waste. Let me just stick something on. Is there anything that comes yes. to mind for you? Anything from the Bond franchise. Right. Uh, Spinal Tap, Butch Cassidy mm -hmm. and the Sundance Kid, Rocky, right. all my favorites. All right, yeah. I mean, there are some films that I watch on rotation like Moneyball. I love watching that because it's easy. It's on. It's on Netflix. I just put that on. Uh, the Big Short and The Fighter with uh, Mark Wahlberg. I think it's a great movie. The Prestige as well. I love that movie with uh, Christian Bale. Um, there are some movies I've watched dozens of times like that, but I've gone for it. Uh, perhaps 
a hidden gem. It's an indie film called I Don't Feel at Home in This World Anymore, and it's from 2017. Now, it stars Melanie Linsky, who's a New Zealand actor, who's done tons of stuff, but people probably know her from Two and a Half Men. Uh, it also stars Elijah Wood. And the story focuses on Linsky's character, Ruth, a downtrodden and depressed nurse who's had enough of life. And after being burglar burglarized, um, she and her obnoxious neighbor, played by Elijah Wood, set out to find the thieves and recover her goods, but they soon find themselves up against a group of dangerous criminals. Now, the jeopardy snowballs until it reaches quite the crescendo at the end of the movie. It was written and directed by actor Macon Blair, and this was his first movie in the director's chair, although he's, he wrapped back in August last year on the Toxic Avenger reboot. Anyway, oh. this one, it's a really lovely film, uh, really easy watch, really delightful, a, a sort of b- bit of a dark comedy. Uh, I don't feel at home in this world anymore. My house got robbed. What did they take? My grandma's silver. Uh, did you call the authorities? Yeah. The world is bigger than your silverware. Grow up. Everyone is an asshole. Taking my mind. Sometimes I feel like I'm underneath a whirlpool, like I can't even breathe. The way people treat each other makes me so furious. Kevin, stop it. Is there anything I can do? Open sesame. Gotcha. (laughs) Police. Your son broke into my house. (laughs) I have no idea where he is. Vigilante action's a good way to get your wig knocked off. You have beautiful eyes, okay? What do you want? For people to not be assholes. I'm not letting you shoot anyone. Anyone, anyone else. And lastly, with his little appreciated British film, it's Eddie Pence. I, so I, this film is very little appreciated. I, I enjoyed it as a kid. Um, I know it's, it's gotten very mixed reviews. Yes. I, I, yes, it has. It's very mixed reviews. So by some of the people in it. Yes. Most notably, uh, one of them said it was one of the six worst movies ever made. I believe that's true. <laughs> but I enjoyed it. Well, that's I, all that matters. I picked 1983's Yellowbeard. Yellowbeard. Uh, starring, uh, you know, uh, Graham Chapman. Uh, I mean, the, the cast is fucking insane. It really is. It's an insane cast. Graham Which Chapman. makes it that much sadder I, in my Peter eyes. Boyle, Cheech and Chong. Yeah. Marty Feldman in his final performance. He actually died shooting this film. Yeah. I guess the film killed him. I think it did. Uh, Eric Idle's in it. Some uh, say he was the lucky one. Madeline Kahn. Yeah. John, it's, John Cleese. It's loaded. A lot of, you know, a lot of uh, Monty Python Alone. It is very Python-esque. Yes. You do see a couple of uh, Graham Chapman's fellow Pythoners yes. in there. Um, it's about uh, the pirate Yellowbeard who spent 20 years in prison for tax evasion. Yes. <laughs> After all his murdering and killing. <laughs> but they got him on tax evasion. Yes. And so he did that, and he, he was getting out, so the people in charge were like, we, we, we need to find out where his treasure is. They want to find his treasure. Right. Um, and so what they do is they talk of extending his sentence to 140 years, knowing he'll escape, and then they can track him to find his treasure, and that's what they do. They give him a... After sins, he escapes. Right. He goes to find his get his treasure map to get his treasure. Uh, he finds out that his wife burned up the treasure map and tattooed it on their son's head, mm-hmm. who's 20 years old, that he didn't know he had. And then they follow the map and they're being chased by Eric Idle and they finally get there and 
to where the treasure map is and Cheech and Chong have the have all the have the treasure and they have a big battle for the treasure. It's it's all over the place. Yes, it is. But there's some funny moments in this film. Agreed. There's very funny moments in this film. It's very uneven, but I enjoyed it. I mean, David Bowie's in it. Yes, as that's a right. <laughs> as a shark. As a shark, that's right. He plays a shark. Uh, Sting was supposed to be in it, but he didn't get cast. It's just it's, John Cleese is in it from Python yeah, as well. It's Eric a Idle. crazy, insane. Peter cast. Cook, a lot of great British comics. Yes, and then they put in a lot of American comics. I believe they did it just to try to increase the right. uh, box office appeal in the United States. And I think that's where the the imbalance clash the of styles. Yes, I think that they've yeah. gone fully. Graham Chapman's, and there was like four different versions of the script too, which I think we don't know what script we got. We yeah. got the one that's sort of like they kind of watered down and tried to mash two styles together. Great premise, uh, execution problematic. <laughs> but there's some really funny scenes. There in are this some film. funny moments in it. Here's a little bit of the trailer to Yellowbeard. Yellowbeard! The chase is on for Yellowbeard's treasure with Graham Chapman as Yellowbeard. Kill this stupid old bugger. Oh, hold your horses. Oh, I can't kill him. He brought me up. Just like a father. Oh, you mean he's beaten you and kicked you and smashed you in the teeth? Yeah. No. No. He's been kind and gentle. What kind of father is that? Yeah, there's a lot of uh, <laughs> Graham Chapman doing great stuff. Yeah. It's, but it is wildly uneven. It's got its moments, and I think yes. it's worth a watch. If you've never seen it and you're a Python fan yes. and you want to be sort of a completist, it's, it's worth taking a look. I don't hate it. <laughs> well, thanks. As much as I hate most of Eddie's picks. So there you go. <laughs> There it is, our picks this week from the old video vault. Time to close her up till next Friday. And that's it, kids, for today's show. Thank you so much for joining us. Once again, keep your eyes uh, peeled. Been using that phrase a lot today. Yeah, you really have. Well, monkey. Yes, yes, exactly. Um, keep your eyes peeled. <laughs> For you know, because bananas and sure, because monkeys eat. Bananas. I got you. Okay. I got Just it. Sure you know. For that uh, Patreon blast, I can send you that GoFundMe link for uh, Melissa and Louie. I'd love to have you donate if you can. Also, don't forget Monday we're taking the day off, so uh, we will talk to you guys on Tuesday with a brand new show. Until then, please, whatever you're gonna do this weekend, do it safely. Stay. Good in the hood. I know uh, masks are coming off and everyone's starting to relax, but, you know, keep your guard up a little bit. Stay sweet at six feet. Because. Life is life. And we still want yours to be long, happy, and healthy. We'll talk to you next week. Until then, love you. Mean it. Bye. Bye. <laughs>